Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Well, hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. Today, I am featuring one of my really good friends, Henry Amar, who I'm certain you guys are going to absolutely fall in love with. Before this whole pandemic hit us, Henry and I were originally going to sit down in person and interview each other at my place here in LA, but... As life unfolded, obviously we had to do it virtually. And so we decided to, instead of actually um, doing the old boring interview style for this episode, Henry and I decided to record a conversation as if you're sitting with us at dinner and we just happen to have a microphone with us because it's literally what happens with us every single time we are together. I'm like, Henry, where is this microphone? Like this has to be a podcast episode. This has to be a podcast conversation. And so every time we're together, I'm like, okay, we got to sit down and just record a conversation. If you guys don't know who Henry is, you'll very soon hear how we met at no other place than a Tony Robbins event. Duh. Um, Henry literally tapped me on the shoulder and said his sister has been demanding that we get a picture together. And what ended up happening is that Henry very quickly became one of mine and Brennan's best friends super fast. If there is a definition of a light worker, guys, it's Henry. He is the most uplifting light you will ever talk to. He'll make you feel like a 
million bucks and be the very first person to call you out when you're simply not acting like one. A little bit more about Henry, just to put him into context. Henry Amar is an international life speaker and entrepreneur who hosts the podcast, Making It Happen with Henry Amar. He's a keynote speaker and empowerment coach published in Forbes who has positively impacted people across the globe, speaking to audiences as big as 40,000 plus people at a time. In his professional career, Henry began in music and has performed on a Grammy award-winning album and traveled the world sharing the stage with legends. Henry went from creating music to creating businesses, growing his Los Angeles-based company into an international success. Following the sale of his company, Henry returned to school and graduated magna cum laude from the University of Southern California Marshall School of Business. Upon graduating, he has put his knowledge to use by overseeing the investment and management of over $2 billion in real estate. Henry now leverages his successes in music, leadership, and coaching to bring pop culture and practical empowerment together to free the world from fear and limiting beliefs and inspire confidence. That's a mission I can get behind. Henry is an empowerment coach to pop culture celebrities and influencers. He is also the personal development director and U.S. representative to the Exit Festival, best major European music festival for the past three years. His most recent brainchild, MakeItHappen.life, with the slogan, Inspiration, Fun, Repeat, was created to give the world inspiring content and empowering experiences that help people lead confident and fulfilling lives. In this incredible episode, Henry and I touch on topics like relationships, creating high-vibe friendships, why keeping your heart soft will always pay off in the end, how to know it's time to make a pivot in your life or end something that's no longer serving you. Such a good topic and really, really tough to learn in the process. But once you know the signs, you know, and navigating that uncomfortable, chaotic space between letting go of something that's no longer serving you and receiving something brand new because both of us have experienced chaos in that. And so we really wanted to talk about that. You guys, it's really juicy. So get ready. And without further ado, let's dive in. All right. So hi, Catherine. Hi, Henry. So we decided to do this podcast episode in a Whenever we have conversations, they're always like, I leave super fulfilled and super edified. So we decided we're going to record a conversation and put it on both of our podcasts. Pretty much what you just described is accurate and exactly what we're doing. And we, what you guys don't know um, about the behind the scenes is literally we just started this podcast episode and it just felt so awkward because we went from having this conversation to being like, wait, 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 shut up. This story needs to be in the podcast. And then as soon as we're like, okay, Hi, Henry. We just started laughing for like 20 minutes, like literally 20 minutes because we're like, this is so awkward. Like we just need to record this conversation and just like put it out there. And whatever lessons we weave through this conversation, like that's for you guys to take home. Yeah. I love it. Can we tell them how we met? Yes. So Henry and I met, by the way, the reason why Henry and I decided to do this podcast episode is because every single conversation that we have together is like, I wish that we were recording it. And I can't tell you how many times Henry and I have sat at a restaurant or like, where have we been? I feel like it's been restaurants or cafes or like anywhere where, first of all, Henry lives in Salt Lake City. I live in Los Angeles. He used to live in LA, which we'll get into that story. Um, But whenever we meet, it's like not as often as you guys would think just from our energy together. Like we 
we sound like best friends forever. Like we sound like we've known each other since, since we were children. Um, but when we meet, it's like random cafes and the stuff that we talk about the, it's like, it's like you could write a personal development book off of our conversations. And so we really wanted to just put an episode out there. Initially it was going to be Henry interviews me for his podcast. I interview Henry for, uh, you know, my podcast. And then we're like, why even bother? Like, why even bother being like, Henry, what did you want to be when you grow up? And what do you do now? And why do you do it? And all those things. And so Henry and I met so randomly. Um, From my perspective, basically, I was at um, Unleash the Power Within, my third time going there. My first time was like my big life breakthrough that I had. My second time going there, of course, I had to drag my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. Um, I got him there by showing him uh, what's the documentary, I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix. And he was like, whoa, this Tony guy, he knows what he's talking about. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. He changed my life. Let's go to UPW. The next one's in November. Let's go. So we go there. He has his life entirely changed. And then the third time we decide to bring um, 50 people from my audience and just like anybody who wants to come, because a lot of people are very familiar with my Tony Robbins story and how he's been such a huge part of my transformation. And so after the fire walk, which is what you do on night one of Unleash the Power Within, I am like, first of all, I'm an introvert. Henry's clearly an extrovert. Um, Brennan's an extrovert, my husband. And so like for me, after the firework, uh, fire walk, I'm done. A lot of people like to hang around and talk about the fire walk. And I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. Like so I, huh? At 2 a.m. Uh, yes. Mind you, it's 2 in the morning. So, of course, duh. I feel like any normal person would be like, all right, I think it's bedtime. I've been up since 8 in the morning at this event. And I'm putting on my shoes and, you know, my feet are dirty AF. And I remember, like, putting my socks on, putting my shoes on, like, so sleepy. And someone taps on my shoulder. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I'm not ready for this right now. And I turn around and it's this guy I've never seen before. This guy with like super blonde hair, huge smile on his face. And he's just like, he looks so alive. He looks like he just had, he, he just had like three espresso shots and he's like ready to go for firewalk number three, four, five, six, and seven. And he was like, what did you say again? I said, my sister would kill me if I didn't say hello to you and take a picture with you for her. Exactly. So I was like, okay. And so we took a picture and then for some reason we just ended up talking for like 30 minutes. Um, and we just couldn't stop talking. It was so weird. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't even remember if we even told each other at that time that we used to be neighbors without knowing that we were neighbors. I feel like that came in a future conversation, like two days later or a day later or the next day or whenever. Um, but yeah, I remember going, I remember going home and then like, I don't think we saw each other in the next day, but on the third day, Brendan and I saw Henry in the hallway and we, and guys like the, the third day of UPW, like Tony's on stage the entire day. Nobody misses the Tony part. People like are like, Oh, okay. Joseph. Cool. Like he's awesome. But like, let me go get a snack. Mm-hmm. When Tony's there, you're like glued to him. And I remember going to the bathroom and Brennan went to the bathroom and then Henry is going to the bathroom. We just met in the hallway and we talked for three hours as if we were literally, I swear we have past lives together. Like no doubt about it. We have past lives together. And that's when we found out that we used to be neighbors, literally. It is crazy because for months, my sister was like, you have to meet Catherine. Trust me, you guys, I just feel like you guys are like, I don't know, you're so like the same, but you're not. And I was like, cool, yeah, we'll meet. Yeah, like one day we'll meet. I'm sure it's great. 
And then when we were speaking, we for six months lived in the same building, literally like one floor apart, three doors down for six months. And we, and I think I saw Brendan at the gym. I don't know, like in that like loft gym area or whatever, but it is insane. And as soon as we met, it was like, it didn't feel, it was just so incredible. It was so funny. And I remember walking before I met you the day of the firewalk, the first day you were walking to like Whole Foods, I think down this bridge. And I was walking by, I was like, Oh, there's that girl that my sister was talking about. And I just kept walking and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll see her later. And I am so grateful that like we connected because honestly, it has been one of the most edifying friendships. And even though we don't see each other all the time, but when we do, like we stay till the restaurant closes, then we go to the cafe until that closes. And then we get kicked out and sit outside and keep talking until like, and I leave and we both leave on this like high energy thing. And Catherine and I just dive in. Like we, she does the work. Like she's the real, first of all, I know you know this if you're listening to her on your podcast, but it's not mine. Catherine is the real deal. Like a hundred percent, not like this person you see on Instagram and you see in real life and they're different. Like I respect her even more in person. Like she is who she says she is. She, she lives what she preaches. She's always learning, always growing positive AF as she says, and like bright as the sun, if not brighter. And like every time I'm around her, I genuinely, I'm not even saying this to make you feel, it's like the truth. Like if you know me, you know, I will say how I feel. Like I'm totally blunt. Like I leave so fulfilled and so edified and so just, feel like this loving energy and light. So I am so grateful mm. you met. Like you're such a real deal and I love it so much. I freaking love you. First of all, like just ev- everything that you just said, I feel the same about you. And like you equally are the real deal. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask me, Henry, like how, you know, I, I know the questions are going to come on my, on my podcast because me and my audience, we just like, we bounce off each other and I gain a lot of inspiration from them about what to talk about. And I know that one thing that comes up that I can already feel this conversation diving into is how do I create friendships like this? Mm. Like a lot of people, what I have noticed is that they really want to meet their soulmate friendships. And guys, just a side note, talking about soulmates, you could have many, many soulmates. At least this is what I believe. You can have many, many soulmates in a lifetime. And it's not necessarily, each soulmate is not necessarily your romantic partner. I have a lot of friends that feel like soulmates to me. And soulmates just means that we've known each other in past lives. We've, we've been, we've had some sort of deep connection in a past life and we come to this lifetime. And when we meet each other and when we see each other, we just like know. And that knowing doesn't come as like this voice being like, Hey, Catherine, Henry is from a past life and you guys are going to get along in this lifetime. It's just a feeling like the way that you describe how we leave each other feeling so light and uplifted and fulfilled and excited. And we, no matter how much time has gone between our meetings together, it feels like we are just continuing one conversation. There is no gap. We don't, we don't get offended if we don't text each other back. We don't get offended if we don't call each other back. If you're in LA and I'm not or vice versa, like we just, we just are so understanding and it just feels like this different connection from these, um, a lot of these forced friendships that people, people try to create these friendships, but it just doesn't seem to work out. They just don't, they're missing that feeling. And I know that a lot of people, um, are constantly asking me, Catherine, how do I find my people. And I have my ideas, but I'm curious to hear what your ideas are. Like, how do you find the people who are like 
a hundred percent in alignment with, with you and, um, become like your soulmate friends. I love that question. Cause it's, it's so true. It makes such a difference, right? Like I know we hear that all the time, like who you surround yourself with makes a difference, but it really uh, does because like, honestly, like even some of our conversations, I know both of us have like messaged each other afterwards and said, man, this one thing you said was exactly what I needed. It was the catalyst to like launch me, like to point me in a direction that literally changes the trajectory of my entire life, you know? And, and that's the kind of the friendships that I look for is, you know, I have certain standards in my life. Like I look at friendships, like the target logo, like I have the bullseye and then the ring and then the outside ring. And the problem in our lives is when we put people that belong in the outside rings in our bullseye and people in our bullseye in the outside rings. Boom. That's so good. And like, and I don't, and I always tell people like around my bullseye, there isn't a wall because if you put a wall up to protect yourself, you also put a wall up to keep out love. Right. So I put a fence and I have this bodyguard and he has these certain standards. And I know I, I seek out truth seekers, you know, people that have love in their hearts in my bullseye bullseye, people that will tell me the truth no matter what in the most loving way. And so I have my standards. And how do I attract those people and find those people? First of all, is am I living congruent to what I want in a friendship? You know, am I operating in fear or in love? Am I operating? Because if I'm in fear, I'm in lack, I'm in protection, I'm in, in myself. And granted, all of us have fear, but am I living in it or am I just feeling it? Yeah. My first question is, what kind of energy am I putting out? What frequency am I living on? You know, and, and it's taking ownership and it's okay. Cause, and so I'm going to preface everything I say with, I think it's really important to have loving self-awareness. I think self-awareness by itself, like truth by itself doesn't really make you free. It's love and truth. Cause someone could be listening and be like, Oh my gosh, I don't have friends. So am I not living in a high frequency? No, no, no. Like, don't focus on that. Like, fuck, as you say, so awesomely, like you have to know, yes, know where you are, but know clearly who you are and what frequency you really live on. So for me, when Catherine and I met, like we were both at a personal development space, both of us had been doing the work for a really long time. And, um, you know, I think both of our hearts are open and also like, we're aware of not forcing anything to be what it's not Mm. because I don't want something to take up space in my life. Like if my hand is closed and I have something in my hand, that's not serving my higher purpose. It's not open to receive the thing that is serving my higher purpose. Mm. You know, and so I look at in my life, like what are things in my life and, and where, what shifts do I need to make internally? And then what shifts do I need to make externally? So that's first. And secondly, it's like, where are you putting yourself? Like if I want, you know, if I want burgers, I don't go to Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, and I don't go to talk. I mean, I don't go to Burger King anyways, but like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And I think it's like, where are you, like people in your community, in my community, it's like, you attract similar people. Like I love your community. Like I look at your community and how like you've created such a beautiful, like there's a synergy in your community that is so incredible. Like I literally sometimes read your comments. I'm like, dude, this is dope. Like you've created something so magnificent and everybody adds to it. And I think in those spaces, um, you meet a lot of people we met at Tony Robbins. So I think first and foremost, where's my frequency and am I living in love or fear? And how do I live in more love and more light and be as service-minded? And like, sorry, last thing. Okay. Self- no, 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 keep going. That, like self-love and love for other people go together. Like I can't love you without loving myself and I can't love myself without loving you. So a lot of times I don't want to go look for something to 
fill a part of me that I haven't filled myself, right? So building a relationship with myself is crucial because loved people love other people, right? And so if I can build a relationship and a relationship is that, it's you're building a relationship. So if I don't have the best self-talk or the best loving relationship, it's time to start building a real friendship with the person I spend the most time with. Mm, my God, those are such great tips. Um, something I wanted to add was uh, just in addition to everything that you're saying, because I agree with everything and that's exactly what I would have said. And I just wanted to mention you guys, like I have had um, on my vision board for the last like five years, I would say consistently, I kept putting this picture of, of a bunch of like girlfriends and guy friends just laughing together. Like I just always wanted to have like a close knit group of people, like pretty much the bullseye. Now that you're talking about this bullseye, it wasn't like a specific group of people that I wanted in my life, but I could just feel that bullseye and that bullseye are people who make me feel so uplifted and laugh. And they're also friends that I could literally trust with anything. I could say anything to them. They don't judge me. They're like, all right, Catherine, we accept you for who you are because they're people who accept themselves for who they are. And I, and vice versa, I accept myself for who I am. So I'm able to accept them for who they are. And it took me about, I would say until last year to really find like my close knit bullseye friends. And that isn't to say that that bullseye isn't going to evolve and change and more people are going to be added to it. And maybe like some people will all grow each other because we're the lessons that we're meant to learn together have um, basically been learned and there's nothing more to learn. And there's going to be people in the bullseye that stay forever because there's constant evolving, unfolding lessons. But I would say that especially what Henry said, like doing your work and then also putting yourself out there. This is like dating. And I love that you mentioned like you don't put up a wall, you know, against people. Like you don't, you, you, you have a fence and then you have a guard for that fence, depending on what your values are and what your standards are and your rules are for friendship. And I love that because I have definitely been taken advantage of many times in my life. I have lived with such an open heart and I wear my heart on my sleeve and I will give, 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 give all the live long day. And, you know, after many, many times being taken advantage of and being hurt, I still refuse to close my heart to people. I still refuse to harden my heart because I know that love is infinite. And so if you're operating from a finite love, that's not true love. That is love that is being um, covered up in fear. That is, that is love that is, um, what do they say? It's like a sheep in wolf's clothing or a wolf in sheep's clothing or whatever it is. Like that's, that's, that's what you're operating from. And that's not true giving. That's not true love. And so it's important to, of course, doesn't mean that you shouldn't set boundaries. It, it shouldn't mean that you should be a doormat to people and, and do everything that other people want you to do. And it, it, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that you do have that guard, you do have that fence, but you allow people in to kind of test the waters. A lot of people aren't even, they won't even like have conversations with people. They won't even invite people over to their house. They won't even go to other people's houses or wherever, wherever people meet nowadays. Like they won't even put themselves out there because you're so afraid of being hurt. But no matter what, like what you focus on is what you attract. So if you're constantly focused on getting hurt 
over and over and over again, you are, you will manifest people into your life that will, um, provide you plenty of evidence for why you will get hurt. And so you will get hurt because of that. But if you are understanding that sometimes you'll get hurt, sometimes you won't, and sometimes you're going to hit the jackpot and just know that that's part of life. And that's part of the lessons that you're meant to learn. You will find those people. It's just like hands down energetically. That's just how it works. When you focus on finding your people without any attachment to being like, no, Henry has to be my friend and only Henry. And if Henry isn't, I'm going to mold myself or I'm going to mold him so that we can be friends. And that's just, trust me, when you find your soulmate friendships, you will understand like, okay, I get it now. I get it now. Like I, I understand that this is something that you cannot plan for. This is something that you cannot force. And this is a conversation that I have with my sisterhood. I have a group of friends. There's six of us together and we travel together. We um, stay in like places like we stayed in Malibu a couple months ago. And a lot of people are like Catherine and asking all of us, like, how did you find each other? How did you form this friendship? Literally, we could not have predicted this. We literally, what we ended up doing was we just decided um, a couple of us, like for instance, one of us was best friends with another. I was best friends with one and another was best friends with another. And we kind of knew each other in this space. And we just, we were all craving this like sisterhood environment, but neither of us have had like great experiences uh, with friendships. We've had some friendship trauma from the past, especially around like being bullied in, in high school and having girls come on us and all this stuff. And so we were, we all had these wounds and we decided to just do an experiment where we rented a house in Austin, Texas, because one of them lived in Austin and she said, Austin's great. Come in, you know, whatever. And so originally it was going to be like the Caribbean, but then something happened. So we ended up going to Austin and we just tried it out. We literally, I didn't even know like half the group, half the group didn't know me. We knew of each other. And it was just like, all right, we're in this house for a week. Like, what are we going to do? And when we came out of it, it just felt so effortless. It felt so awesome. We built such a bond and a connection. And when we came out of there, we're like, let's do it again. Like that was fun. Let's do it again. We didn't come out of it being like, and now we're tied together. We're BFFs. We have to do everything together. That's not how that worked. It was just, that was fun let's do it again. And so we did it again. And then we're like, okay, there's something here. And so we did it again, did it again. We went to Rhythmia together and then we went to Malibu together. And it's just like, that's just how it works. You just have to give space for these relationships to come in. I love that. Yeah. And and it's what you just said is such an example of trust. Like when you can live in a space of trust in a space of like, you know, everything is going to come to you at, you know, as you align yourself and as you live in that that beautiful space, everything will come to you at the perfect time. So if you you try it and it doesn't work out, you're not like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, it's never going to, like, you just trust that like, okay, this is a great lesson. It's going to build me up. And um, I don't know who said this, but, you know, in order to even do what we're talking about, you need to believe that it's there. Mm. Actually create it. What, it. what is that analogy of a treasure? Like you'll never go after a treasure. There's like five steps to like really make sure you're willing to go after it. One is you need to believe it's there. Two, you need to believe that there's a way to get there. Three, you need to believe that you could take that way to get there. Like it's possible for you to take it. And um, that was three and four, that it's worth it. You know, and so if it's worth it and there's a way to get there, then you're like, cool, what do I do? So my question is, some people might say, because I think there's a difference between being pleasing out of fear and pleasing out of love like in friendships, right? Like losing yourself in a sense. And I think it's always good because you always want to exude love because some people might say, well, what do I do? Like if, do I just 
put people out that are like, that may need me? Like, do I just not have those kind of friends? That's not necessarily what we're talking about. Cause I think some people, cause I put a quote yesterday on my Instagram that said something along the lines of like, it's time to let go of things that aren't serving your higher purpose. And a couple of people were like, well, how do you know, like, what if what's not serving your higher purpose is serving somebody else's higher purpose? And I said, if I'm not in my highest purpose, I'm not serving other people's purposes. I love that you just mentioned this. Keep going. But like, I have a story around this. Oh, I want to hear your story. Go for it. I love it. My, my quick story is, um, you know, I, in, in terms of romantic relationships, I mean, this can apply to all relationships. And I had no idea we we're going to be talking about relationships today, but let's just get into it. Um, you know, all kinds of relationships. Because really, that's, guys, that's the point of life. I mean, honestly, like money's great. Things are great, whatever. But at the end of your life, you're going to be thinking about the dogs that you had and the friends that you had and the romantic partners that you had, right? It's like, that's what's going to matter at the end of this. And the reason why I'm saying dogs is because A, I'm a big dog lover, but B, I just got a puppy um, 10 days ago that I'm in love with and I I can't stop talking about her. So um, my my thing is that I I'm very like I'm someone who has gone through three divorces, and I'm also someone who at the same time believes that marriages can last a lifetime. How I'm in this space with so much trauma around seeing so many relationships break, I just that's from me doing my own inner work and understanding that um, everything is a choice and what someone else's choice is, is not my choice. And so my life is different from someone else's life and everybody has their own choices to make in life and what's possible for one person and what is possible for another person. But what happened to one person doesn't necessarily have to happen to another person, including like your family. And I have a lot of people being like, well, Catherine, my mom can never make that much money. So I can't either. Uh, since when did you take on all your mom's beliefs and choices and everything? Like you're not here destined to live her life. You get to live your own life. So that's just like a side tangent. Um, a lot of people are like so afraid of breaking off relationships that aren't serving them. And so I had that fear similarly and, you know, tying in UPW into this conversation. Um, my first UPW, that's where I had this breakthrough that the relationship that I was in, we were together for just under six years, almost six years, or was it almost seven? I don't remember something along those lines, long relationship. Um, and I realized that we were together just simply out of comfort And he was like madly in love with me. And like, I pretty much broke his trust like two years prior to this event. He broke my trust like a year later. And so we were kind of like on a rocky, in a rocky relationship, but we did decide to stay together and we knew that we were like destined to be together or whatever. But I was really suppressing the fact that I was still, we were still together past that first incident because of my guilt and then probably because of his guilt. But I knew that he really wanted to make things work. And I, couldn't stop. Like it was like a very unconscious, like daydreaming about what if there's someone else out there for me? What if there are other people? And just in that daydreaming alone, like that really rose to the surface at Tony Robbins, where I realized that we're together out of comfort and we're together because I feel guilty. And so I broke off the relationship and it was like the hardest thing I've ever done. But a week later, I manifested Brennan into my life, who's my husband today. And I literally cannot like imagine life without him. He is totally my soulmate, my romantic soulmate. And it's just been really awesome. Not 
not the easiest relationship, but the most fulfilling relationship I've ever had. And I, we have endless lessons for each other. Like this is bullseye for life. Um, but anyway, I have a lot of people, when people ask me for advice, like what if a relation, what if they feel like the relationship isn't for them, but they're afraid of hurting the other person. When I offer my tips and advice for people, a lot of people get offended being like, Catherine, why are you encouraging people to end the relationship? That's so, that's so like bad. And first of all, if you're already thinking about your escape, you know, Tony Robbins literally said, you're either in a relationship or you're planning your escape. Like you're either happy in the relationship or you're planning your escape. And when he said that, that's when it triggered everything to come up to the surface and being like, am I planning my escape? And so just if one person is unhappy and the other person is happy, a lot of people think that this person, the unhappy person needs to be with the happy person because you are serving their greater purpose, right? Exactly what you just said. However, even if this person doesn't know that this person is unhappy, unconsciously, everything is felt. Their soul fucking knows. Their ego might deny it. Their brain might deny it, but their soul knows. And if one person is unhappy, first of all, by staying with that, with, by staying with the other person, you're not only denying yourself, your true soulmate, your true love, your true whatever. Um, maybe you want to be single for a year. Who knows? Who cares? Like whatever is true for you, you're denying yourself that. But also you are denying the other person from finding who is right for them. Because clearly if you're unhappy, you're not right for them. And so by denying that person, their you know, soulmate, whoever whoever is meant to be with them, like it's there's no greater purpose served here on both ends of the spectrum. Even if from the outside looking in, you're like, Oh yeah, you should totally stay together. Look how perfect you guys are. Look at how you guys travel around the world. Look at how you guys do this and that. And you guys have kids together and dogs together. Like, no, who cares? Right. Because in order to serve the greater purpose, both of you need to be fulfilled and both of you need to be committed to growth and both of you need to be, um, you know, happy in the relationship. And so, that's like, that's exactly what unfolded for me in that relationship is that I got to find my soulmate. And then, um, I would say I met Brennan like a week after, which is so crazy fast, but like, that's what happens when your best friend forces you to go on Tinder just for shits and giggles. And you swipe right on this guy who you barely know what he even looks like. You barely even know he had the worst pictures. He had the kinds of pictures that a guy would show another guy to make him look cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like pictures of him, like running in rugby with like a mouth guard in his mouth. There's another picture of him, like cooking some like big elaborate piece of steak or something. And I'm just like, okay, like, cool. But my intuition knew to swipe right on him. And so that like was crazy. It's like, I finally created space for something amazing to come into my life. And then he ended up finding his now wife who is pregnant right now. She's about to deliver a baby in like two months. And so he was able to find his wife and his happy family, whatever. And now we're both happy, right? And so there is no right or wrong. I always like to tell people what is serving you and what is not serving you, what is empowering you and what is not empowering you. And that's how you need to look at life is not judging what's wrong, what's right. What is Sally going to think? What is Bob going to think? Oh my God, are my parents going to disown me? Oh my God, what are my children going to think? whatever runs through your mind. Like most people are really worried about strangers on the internet. And so like, what is, what is this at, at handle going to think of me, right? Some random person on Instagram. It's, it's not about that guys. At the end of your life, you're not going to be worried about what this Instagram handle or what Sally thought of you at the, you know, when you were 27 years old, it's just going to be like, what 
you decided on and chose for your own life because it's your own fucking life that we're talking about here. I love that. You know, what? two things you said that like really kind of spawned some thoughts in my head um, was one, when you said, first of all, going back to the beliefs and the family relationships that we've dealt with before, like we don't have to take on, the fact is we, we're free to like live our own lives. And the, the second thing to add to that really cool is just because you lived a certain way in the past doesn't mean you have to live that way in the future unless you choose to live that way. Like every moment's another chance to reset every freaking moment right now. If you wanted to, you're like, I'm not really happy in this space. Reset. Boom. I get a free choice right now to decide whatever the heck I want. Like every moment's another chance to get it right. And every day's another chance to get it right. So just because Henry was insecure and passive and his nickname was passive years ago, that's not Henry right now because he decided that's not how serving my higher purpose of what I was born to do. So there's power in that choice. The power of choice is one of the greatest gifts we have and we give it away so easily to fear, to what people think, to my comfort zone, to this and to that when choice is the most beautiful thing. And right now, everybody listening or watching or whatever you're doing is you have this beautiful choice right now. You could decide, you know what? This is how I'm gonna live my life and everything changes. I cannot imagine you passive, first of all. So like it's, you've told me these stories of like you, of all, first of all, I think we're so subconsciously linked right now because I will get a topic in my head of being like, oh my God, I need to ask that. I need to ask Henry that. And then you will start leading yourself into it. And I'm just like, wow, we're just like leading each other into what we want to talk about. This is so freaking cool. I love that you mentioned that like you can pivot at any point in time. And I know that you know, privately before this, we had a conversation around like some of my pivots and some things that I'm feeling and how I'm kind of in between things right now, where I know that I've reached a certain level of mastery at the level that I'm currently at. I haven't yet hopped up to the next level. It's like, I'm right in between. And I'm just like, so bored of this level and so tired of this level. And so like, whatever, been there, done that. And then this level was like so exciting, but I don't know what that level looks like. And so I'm excited by the unknown. And you have had, and you've shared these stories. I remember specifically sitting at this Greek restaurant in North Hollywood that had the bombest salads ever. You and I were just sitting there for four hours eating these salads and then talking about, and I just actually learned like your life story and your life story was so inspiring for me. And it really went to show me how at any moment in time, you can pivot. And so can you please share some of your pivots and like just some of the things like you've had, you've lived so many different lives and how you were able to just be like, no, that's not serving me anymore. This is like how share some of those transitions. And then can you please share like how you were able to, you know, cause I can just already imagine people being like, but how Henry, but how Catherine, how do you just do that? How do you just do that? And you've done it so many times. So I would see you as the master. So please teach us. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> I look at my life and I'm like, Whoa, I've worn so many different hats in my life. Like, Holy cow. And it's funny. I was doing this uh, podcast episode and this lady was interviewing me for the podcast and she met me when I think I was like 18 or 19 or seven, whatever. And she's like, in the middle of the episode, she goes, do you remember how insecure and self-conscious you were about everybody? I go, tell me. Like, you're one of the only people. I go, please tell everybody because people don't believe me because, yeah, like, I'll go on stage in front of like 30 plus thousand people and just freaking just go nuts. And, and Guys, I just want to say that 30,000 plus people, this man has been on stage. 30,000 plus. Okay, keep going. <laughs> 
it's it's been awesome but that same guy you would have went back to the 18 year old self she's like we were on a bus going to jessica simpson's birthday party and you were so insecure and we got there and like the news wanted to interview you're like oh no what are people gonna she said you literally said what are people gonna think of me and so my nickname used to be passive because i would never state my opinion because i cared too much like if i state my opinion people may not like me like total people pleaser like smiling on the outside and like being like yeah but inside you're like do I belong in this room and so you know one of my biggest values in life is freedom freedom I don't want to feel enslaved I don't want to feel caged like I want to be the best version of this guy you're seeing and I want to I want to know that when I look back I put it all on the table and I said I gave it all back right not like I stayed in a box because I was afraid of failing or I was afraid and I, I realized early on Someone put a book in front of me and it started asking questions. And all of a sudden I realized, whoa, we could change. Like, why is that person confident? Why is that person happy? Why is that person successful? And I got really like sort of obsessed with freedom and confidence and this. And so I would literally like muster up courage and be like, because courage becomes confidence too, right? And so I would go up to somebody and be like, excuse me, I know this sounds really weird, but why are you confident? Like, what makes you walk in the room so this? And people would look at me like I was crazy, but I was like, I will learn this. I will learn this because I think, you know, Tom Billy says humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. So I could, I believe we could become, I could choose to become whoever, like I could become more confident, more bold, whatever it is. But I was starting from like the resistance, like way back. Right. So I got super obsessed, literally. I mean, Catherine and I talk about books all the time, whatever book I could read, going to like seminars, Tony or you know, learning NLP from all these different companies too. And I, last one we did was the same company you and I went to, but I've, been, I've done it, you know, everything I could possibly do. My main premise was if it's fear-based, it doesn't belong in my life. And so I became super obsessed with how the subconscious mind works, how the conscious mind works. And I became this mad scientist of, I would go and Catherine, I know you're the same way because we talk about this. Like yeah. you'll go and you'll learn something and you'll apply it to yourself. And if it works, you'll teach other people. And if it works, you're like, cool, this works, you know? And so for me, it just became an obsession. And shortly after I started learning it, I got into the music industry and I, I do music and I wrote music and stuff like that. And I mean, it was a consistent workout because you're sitting there in front of people and you're sitting there getting interviewed and all the thoughts in your head and you have this part and you're singing a solo. It's like, anyways, so I just did more and more of the work and um, it works. You guys like going back to understanding like our beliefs, our identities we give ourselves, all the things that we give ourselves are just stuff that were passed on when we were little kids or generational or whatever you want to, you know, whatever it is. And there are ways to, to change that. And I'm telling you, like, after that lady told me, she's like, I'm going to describe to you. No one ever understands when I say, if I could do it, anybody could do it. Because I truly believe that. Like, I know how I used to feel. I know I, how caged I felt. And I know now when I get in my zone, it's like, oh man, we're about to tear this thing up, you know, in, in the most loving way. And I'll say this, I think it's, it's a couple of things. And you mentioned this earlier, and I think it ties into the relationship thing you said. It's knowing who you really are, past the limitations, past the limiting beliefs. It's knowing who you are, your like spiritual identity in your core, in your heart. Like there is a being inside each one of us that is the chooser. Like you are not your thoughts. You are not your mind. Your mind is a tool. Right. And when you learn how to maneuver the mind, the body, the spirit, the emotions, all that stuff, now I get to decide. And the first decision I've ever made in my life that had the biggest pivot was the decision to be the decider of my life. Mm. 
to cut the strings. I don't want to be a puppet. I'm not going to live as a robot. So what do I really want? And this is really cool. And I know we've talked about this as well, Catherine, is if I see something in somebody else that I absolutely love, if you spot it, you got it. I love that you made it rhyme. Oh my God. The musician in me. Like I look at, I remember seeing someone speak with so much confidence on stage. I was like, oh my gosh, how cool would that be? And then you sit there and, and I mean, I'm really grateful. It's my gift now, like to get up on stage and just freaking like, boom. And it's like so awesome and shifts and stuff. And so for me, but I spotted that because I had it inside of me. So if you're watching Catherine or anybody else and you're like, man, like, it's so cool how Catherine, your story is freaking awesome too. How she went from being on her grandma's couch and like feeling like this to creating a company and serving so many people and helping so many people create a life they love and a life that's expansive and a life that they give back. Like it's like this ripple effect. If you see that in her and you love it, that's because that's in you as well. Hmm. So it takes doing the work and, and going back to what you said in relationships. I think the beautiful part about it is how you said Brennan and I have so many lessons to learn from each other. And I think there's an energetic understanding of like, there's so much love between each other and love is a foundation, not fear. And for me in my life, like if I'm in a relationship and I understand it's fear-based, I need to ask myself, have we done all the work? Do I really, like if I leave this and not all the work, sorry, because people will stay in it for the rest of their life saying, oh, it's me. I have work to do. Right. being really honest with yourself. Like I was in a really long relationship and I remember looking at her and I was leading a meditation in Bali and literally as I'm leading this meditation, you know, and we've got to talk about this because this is going to be good, but like you yeah. know, spirit or intuition, if you want to call it said, um, the world is ready to hear your message. You need to go home and clean up your house. And I was like, and then I realized that almost doesn't count Almost truth is still not truth. Almost joy is still not joy. Almost fulfillment is still not fulfillment. So what is my almost? What am I tolerating? And where am I in my comfort zone? Because growth never happens in your comfort zone. You know, but by by definition, if I step out of my comfort zone, it's uncomfortable. So I don't want to step out of it. Mm -hmm. But where the beauty is, that's where the magic is. And I look at Catherine, look Catherine, I look at you and I'm like, you're constantly like stepping out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself. Like I don't go to the gym and get pissed off at the weights because they're, they're like resisting and my muscles are getting bigger. That's life. Like resistance happens, you know, and I divert from my conversation, but like there is so much beauty in understanding that like, as Catherine said, we have this choice and right now you could decide this is how I'm showing up. This is who I really am. This is, you know, in my life, I can hit a reset and, you know, I could live out my purpose because I, I did a, a music video for my song called Tomorrow where I, I was made into an old man, like this makeup artist made me an old man. And I, I got really into character. And it was really weird because for a second, I'm sitting on a rocking chair with Chelsea Hightower and she's dressed as an old woman. And I'm sitting there and I didn't know the cameras were rolling, but I'm still talking to her like this. And I'm like, baby, in our life, you know, this is what we did. And I really got into the character and I was like, holy cow, one day I will be sitting when I'm older, if I make it that long on a rocking chair, if they even have them, and, well, what am I really going to say I did with my life? Like, what am I really going to say? You know, what do I want to say I did with my life? And who do I want to say I showed up as? And what kind of love did I show up as? Who did I become? And I think when we could answer that question, 
and know that from where you are now to where you want to be, there's a gap of discomfort and, and quote unquote failures, which just means you're growing and all these other things. Like that's where life gets beautiful. Like Catherine's always like, man, I'm doing this one thing. And I decided to learn this other thing. I'm like, I freaking love you. And I love that you do that all the time. So I don't know if I diverted and answered the question. Cause I just, I, I think that you and I talk and think so similarly because <laughs> when I talk, I go on like 17 tangents and like I could see the tangents opening and I'm like, Catherine, stay on this path. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. I got to go on this path. Okay, fine. We're on this path now. And then as you're talking, my mind is splitting into 17 directions of like what I can ask you like to dive deeper into because everything that you're saying is such freaking gold. One thing that I do want to uh, touch on real quick, because you just said that you can touch on, um, on this a little bit more and something that was like, Ooh, so good was the concept. And I don't know, I don't remember exactly how you said this. Um, cause I can't rewind lifetime. Oh, Brennan brought me more coffee. Sorry guys. So Quick interruption. My husband brought me some more matcha. doesn't realize we're recording right now. Um, anyway, so the way that you said that in many instances, a lot of people in a relationship think that oh, it's all me. I just have more work to do. And at one point, is it no longer your work? Like at one, at what point Henry is, and I'm almost like answering it sort of from my take, the fact that you have to realize that your work might be in leaving the relationship or your work might be in choosing something different for yourself. Right. And I think, you know, for me, when I was in that space, I had to really be honest with myself of like, okay. And so I, we looked at each other and I was like, okay, like we've done you know, counseling, we've done stuff like that. And we just weren't a really good match. We were like friends in a romantic relationship that should have just been friends. Right. And, um, you know, and you and I could talk about polarity and a bunch of stuff. Like we can go on and on and on. Right. And how fear goes into relationships. And I said, you know what, I just want to have the, my conscious clear of like, I'm going to set, okay, we're going to do this thing for this many, this much time. We're both going to dive in. Are you willing to do the, the work with me? We dove in, we sat in the car and at the end of it all, we're like, okay, now what? And, and I went into like an honest place in my heart and said, if I'm living in the highest form of love and the highest form of self-worth and worth for the other person, because like you said earlier, like if I'm forcing something that's not supposed to be, it's just unhealthy for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. It's a scary thing because I get it. Like, trust me, like feelings are tough, like to deal with sometimes. and um, but I remember looking at her and it was tough. Like we both in tears said, I think that this is what we need to let go of. And it's really interesting for me, but I can honestly say that I, sh- I did what I needed to do. I checked in with myself. I prayed, I meditated, I did all the work and I got on like lovingly honest with myself and with the other person. And I had to decide like, if I stay in this, I know where it's going to go. Is this the life that I really, really truly want? Is this really going to help me fulfill my mission and purpose and calling on this earth? You know, and like, for example, I look at you and Brennan and like, we were talking the other day. I was like, I love seeing the synergy between like, you literally are boosting each other up and helping each other magnify the calling that you have in this life and the purpose. And because of that relationship, you're going to look back one day and say, oh my gosh, like, look what we created. Right. And we're not living in survival. We're living in creation mode because you can only live in one or the other. Yeah. And so I looked at her and I was like, and I got in tune and I went away and I got into a meditative space. And so then it's so funny, Catherine, because I I got really honest with myself and it was really hard in tears, like really, really tough because we were together for almost nine years. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And like, 
And so, and for me, like, we're both lovers. We're like givers. Like we jump in, like, I don't know how to dip my toe in the water. I like jump in the deep end. I'm like, Henry and I argue over like, no, you tell me when you need something like, no, what can I do for you? No, 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 no. Fuck me. What can I do for you? Exactly. Like, uh, no. And then, so it's like, but, and then looking back, but it's crazy. Cause the sec, the morning I decided to let that go, Catherine, this is a really, really good, good thought. Remember it said the world is ready to hear your voice. And then I got honest with myself. I gave myself the, the work that I felt I, okay. What can I, what do I honestly want to say? I did my part, realized it wasn't the day I let it go. I paused my podcast. Um, I paused onto my podcast. I got a call from my really good friend. Who's a huge, like musician, like massive, right? Billions and billions of like streams and views and stuff. Henry. Okay. Like literally that morning decide we're not going to stay in it. That afternoon I get a call. Henry, what are you doing? I want you to come meet with my management. Two weeks later, relaunch my podcast. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know what the heck happened energetically, but it like launches. The music festival calls me. Hey, Henry, we want you to come to our music festival. I end up speaking. Like, I wasn't even planning on speaking there. That was my first time I spoke there. I've spoken there three times in front of like 30 plus thousand people and performed. They're like, we want you to speak in front of Martin, between Martin Garrix and David Guetta. I'm like, I freaking love those guys. <laughs> but second, I honored what I knew was right in my heart and my spirit and didn't give into fear, but, but stepped into love and presence and truth everything began to align. And I look back and I'm like, I'm grateful for the lessons I learned. However, I know that had I stayed in that relationship, I would not be where I'm at today. Yes. Oh my God. I love, I, again, subconsciously linked because I was going to ask you, and then what happened, Henry? Like after you like go, what happened? And you're like, blah, 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 blah. So amazing. One interesting thought too, and this is a twist on all this. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because this yeah. is like really going to like flip it. Okay. Sometimes you're the one that has to do the work. Maybe you're the one that isn't in the space to have that relationship. And it's okay to, to, be, to recognize that because whatever we hang on to in our life, that frequency of that thing lives in us, if, even if we suppress it. You know? And sometimes I am running unhealthy patterns in relationships because I am coping in a way that may be unhealthy or I'm living in fear and therefore I'm avoidant or therefore I'm aggressive, or therefore I'm actually feminine essence, but I'm acting masculine, or I'm masculine essence acting like a pleaser and feminine in fear. Therefore, I'm not ever attracting the polarity that I need in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what are your thoughts on like, on that aspect of it? Um, Repeat your question one more time, because my mind went on like 16 tangents as you're talking about this. And I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. And this, and this, and this. So I, sorry, ask the question again. want to bounce off with that i guess my thought was sometimes we're the one that because what we it goes back to our question earlier and you said it so beautifully when you said you know what like you you're doing the work like you met brennan while you were doing the work while you were honest with yourself because you were removing those those frequencies that were holding you down the frequency of fear and comfort whereas it goes back to sometimes i just need to be doing the work in myself lovingly like knowing i'm awesome but doing the work to where when I release that frequency, now I have space to create the polarity and the love that I have. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I know I just, it's not really a question. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, what keeps coming up for me is like how I'm perceiving this conversation, like especially the tangent that we went on is like the balance between um, 
being in a relationship and doing your work because the other person is triggering something that is unhealed within you and you are ultimately fulfilled with this person. Meaning like, I don't, I don't ever see relationships as like, you're a hundred percent happy all the time. And if that one day you're not happy, you're not meant for each other. No, no, no. Fulfillment and happiness. I don't think necessarily go hand in hand all the time. I think happiness is an emotion that you feel and fulfillment is like an overarching like journey. That's at least how I process it. Happiness can go in and out, but fulfillment is when there's growth and happiness and challenges and inner work to be done. And it's easy all at the same time. Like it's, it's waves and that's what makes it fulfilling. It's like, you're not just reaching a destination. You're not just like put a ring on it. Woohoo. We're done here. Happy for life. Right? No, it's, it's a ever unfolding journey. And so it's like finding the balance between understanding that you're in this relationship and ultimately the two of you are fulfilled and you just have work to do. Like Brenda and I still have work to do. Or you are just feeling this underlying dread. And that's how I describe like anything that doesn't fulfill me anymore or when I feel like I need a pivot or I feel like I need a shift. And a lot of people think that they just like... It's like, it's hard to describe because a question that I had for you that I wanted to touch on was like, how do you get rid of the mind for just a moment so that you can hear your intuition so that you can hear, you can hear what your heart says. And for every single person, this is different for me, my newest, latest, most amazing thing that I'm obsessed with that I've said a million times in my podcast since the first time I did it at Rhythmia that is just as powerful as ayahuasca, in my opinion, is breath work. And for me, breath work, when I do breath work and I do it every single morning and I will not record a podcast now, I will not make a post. I will not do anything that's required of my creativity and of my true essence, uh, my true truth until I've done breath work because breath work has been such a, a professional way of me just like, it's, it's, it never not works. Like it's, it's like, it's almost like a formula for me now, even though I don't believe in formula. It's just like, that's how it's manifested for me lately, where I do breath work for at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. And I'm just like, so in my zone, I don't hear my thoughts anymore. I just have this knowing it's like this knowing that something is right for me or something's not right for me or something is serving me or isn't serving me or exactly whatever message that I want to hear. As soon as I come out of breath work, I'm able to make a post of what's truly on my heart. And whenever I do that, people are like, Catherine, this is the best post I've ever read. Like, wow, like different energy here. And I just know it's because, hello, I created this from a space of just knowing. I created this from a space of trust. I created this from a space of truth. And so now I take all of my life decisions to my breathwork practice where I'm like, should we launch this course? Should we not launch this course? And, you know, throughout the day I will get intuitive hits, but you know, as a human being, it'll get muddled with the ego. Like you're, you're kind of like hearing two voices on any, at any given time. Sometimes you'll hear one at a time. Like it's just your ego or just your higher self. Sometimes you're going to hear two where it's like, do it don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Do it. You know what I mean? You know, that battle of like, should I do it? Should I not do it? And so those are just the two different voices. That's your ego and your higher self, the way that I see it. And so when you go into that practice, as you said, like I meditated, I did the breath work or for me, I did the breath work or whatever it is. And you just have this knowing that the work now isn't in 
just continuing this relationship and forcing things like it feels forced. Like you, whenever, whenever I feel like I need to force something and I don't know about you, Henry, when you tell me that I have to do something that I really don't want to do underlying, I feel dread. I know when I feel dread, that means I'm not meant to do it. That means that's not what's for my highest purpose. That means I will not serve myself nor the world doing that thing, even if it's the most profitable thing, profitable thing in the world. Even if you tell me I'll get a billion dollars after I do it, I just, I can't do it. I just, I, I know that that feeling of dread is coming from me going against my intuition. Mm. And so when I look at relationships or business ideas or anything like that, if I feel that underlying dread, even after I've done the breath work, even after I've done the meditation or whatever it is, then I know that now the work is in letting go. Mm. And letting go is the work in a lot of instances. If you are no longer fulfilled in a relationship or a business or um, whatever it is, like letting go is the next work. It's not more work to be done and something you've already mastered because now that you've mastered that, the work is now in letting go. And something I wanted to touch on, like another tangent that was coming through as you were talking was the fact that when you, you know, people hear stories around letting go and we make it sound so good because for me, letting go resulted in my soulmate relationship, letting go resulted in me creating manifestation, babe. When I, before that, when I went to that first Tony event, this wasn't a thing. And so this became a thing because I created space for it. I manifested my dream relationship. I manifested my dream business. I moved to LA, like so many amazing things happen. And then when people hear your story, it's like the next day, the producer called or whatever. You got all these phone calls, all these opportunities. And one thing that I feel like not enough people talk about, which I have experienced, and I actually learned this lesson from a psychic. And I tell this story on stage. And every time I tell it, people laugh, the whole audience laughs because I talk about how after I did the letting go part, my life fucking fell apart. It actually got way worse than it was before. That made me question, why did I do that? Did I make the wrong decision? It's because I, you, when you step out of your comfort zone, your ego does everything in its power to, to try to reel you back in. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there's two ways of looking at it. It could be your ego trying to mess things up to get you to question what you did, or it could be your higher self shattering your reality to rebuild it into what what it is that you want. So there's two sides. There's always two sides working on it. And you have to focus on the side that's serving you because the side that's serving you is coming from your higher self. And so there was chaos in my life. And I remember, and I said, I say on stage all the time, I'm like, and I did what any normal rational person would do when they're in chaos. I consulted with a psychic. And so I called the psychic up and she was teaching me one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned that I now teach to everybody. And I credit her to this. And it's like, I mean, it's, 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 it's a simple lesson, but just the way that she said it, I just have to credit her. And she was like, I was, I remember I had a consultation with her actually before I moved to LA and she was like telling, she was painting this picture, Henry, of like rainbows and butterflies when I moved to LA. Right. And so I moved to LA and everything fell apart. I live on my grandma's couch, blah, 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 blah. And I call her up again because I trusted her because a lot of things that she said did, did come true. A lot of things that she predicted for my mom. And that's a whole nother side story around how psychics work. But I definitely do believe that people are connected. They cannot predict your future for fact because your future can always change. But if you like what a psychic is telling you and you continue down the path, it will most likely manifest. And so every, a lot of things that she said manifest. And I was like, okay, I trust her, but I really need to call her up and be like, what the hell happened? Hello. My life is like 
in shambles, like chaos, like what is going on? And she said this, she said, but Catherine, don't you know that chaos always means that you're on the right path because you cannot build a new reality unless you shatter the old one first. And that's exactly what's going on. And everything that you're seeing means you're on the right path. And that just, I don't know how, but it instantly downloaded into my subconscious because that became my program. That became the thing that kept me going. And every day I would think about it. There were two things that got me through that hard time, which is chaos means you're on the right path. So I'm no longer afraid of chaos to this day. When things are chaotic, I'm like, I'm on the right path. Things are coming together because I know my intentions are always at work. I know that the universe is always rearranging things for my favor. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Everything fell apart. Awesome. What's next, right? Something really good is is coming. And another thing is my success is inevitable and I'm always on the right path, which stems from that. And that was really inspired by a quote that I read um, um, from Tony Robbins, which was basically live as though your prayers have already been answered. And I remember praying a lot at that time, like out of confusion and desperation and being like, oh my God, God, like, please guide me, whoever you are. Like you guided me to make these decisions. And now I feel lost. Like, please guide me. And I scrolled past, like literally instantly, I scrolled past that, um, that post that said, live as though your prayers have already been answered. And I was like, whoa. And that's what opened up this whole experiment for me. I call it my one-year experiment where I just went through life as though my success was inevitable. As if everything is happening for me, I was like, what do I have to lose? If this doesn't work, if this new belief system that I'm trying on right now doesn't work, guess what? I will just come back to my grandma's couch. Like I'm already living the worst case scenario. So what am I actually going to lose? And I really, I don't know if I have something to gain, but maybe I do. Let me try. Let me actually try to believe, um, not try, but actually do believe that manifestation is a hundred percent real. My intentions will manifest everything that I want is happening in my favor, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, from that, I really started to just follow my intuition, just like I would get all these nudges and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but again, I have nothing to lose, right? My intuition is pointing me in this direction. So I'm just going to trust it. I'm going to trust that it's all going to work out. And that was really, really tough the first six months. What ended up happening is that, um, by the end of that year, soon after the, uh, about six months after the psychic was like, chaos means you're on the right path. Um, I started Manifestation Babe that year and Manifestation Babe really did not start as this thing where I was like, I'm going to teach the world how to manifest. It was really about me sharing stuff that I was teaching myself, stuff that I was reminding myself. And my platform really started as me just sharing quotes, a lot of quotes around manifestation. And over time, as I started sharing more and more of my story and what I'm manifesting, people wanted to learn more. And so I was like, okay, let me create a course. Let me create this. Let me create that. And a lot of it stemmed from like my beach body days as well when I was a beach body coach, I also was doing a lot of my team calls. I was literally doing manifestation babe way back then because I remember on my team calls, teaching my team how to build a vision board, how to say their affirmations. So I've been doing this a long time, but I didn't really take it seriously until my life was in chaos. And so at the end of that year, manifestation babe brought in like $9,000 or $8,000 or whatever it was. And then the next year, was this huge quantum leap because I called it my one-year experiment. It's so funny that it did take like a year, should have said like three months, but it did take a year. And then at the end of the year mark on December 31st, 2016, I remember making like 
$5,000 in one weekend, which I've never even seen $5,000 in a month. So I was like, what is going, what is happening right now? And then I pretty much quantum leaped in my business from $9,000 that whole year of 2016 to 600K the next year. And then from then on, I've quantum leaped into the multi-millions the following year. And it just happened so fast because, and this is my point coming back to it, is because I A, let go of what no longer served me and B, I did not come back to it when chaos happen because most people will let go of a relationship or let go of a business. And then the universe will come in and kind of, I don't like to call it tested because I don't see parents as testing their children. Parents are teaching their children. They're training their children to be independent adults who, you know, live an amazing life or whatever. At least that's my intention for my children. And so I don't see parents as like, testing them. So I never like to call as the universe is testing you, but the universe is kind of training you and throwing a little candy in front of you. And I see a lot of people who will leave a relationship and then that person will buy them like flowers and like do this grandiose, like, I'm so sorry. Or like, let's, let's try again. And then they'll, you know, the other person will be like, wow, they're so amazing. Like maybe I should give it another chance, even though they know already within their heart that it's not right for them. Or like, for instance, quitting your job to pursue your dream business. When you quit your job, your boss is going to come back to you and offer you a juicy raise that's going to make it look really good, right? So they're going to make it look amazing. Everything you've ever wanted in that job, they're going to offer to you. But, but, if you come back, you're not going to learn the lesson. If you come back, nothing's actually going to change. So you really have to let go and completely cut the ties. Allow it to be hard in the beginning. And I'm not saying that it's going to be hard in the beginning all the time. I know there's plenty of instances for you and for me by um, also where we've let go of something and literally the next day it's like, boom, amazingness. And so it's just being prepared for the fact that there could be chaos and knowing that no matter what, you have to stay on the path. You have to. Like if you do not, you guys, you're not going to get the juicy, juicy, juicy gold at the end of the rainbow that totally exists. Every single intention that you have for, for your life totally exists at the end, but you have to make it to the end. You have to walk through this dark forest to make it to the end. A freaking man. <laughs> and the congregation said, it reminds me of that quote. The same feeling you make the commitment in is not going to be there when it's required to keep that commitment. Oh my God, that's so good. And so it's interesting. So you said that, I don't know if you know this, but like I was a director of investments for a $2 billion real estate development company. I had the 16th floor ocean view office. I had the sexy title. I was making money and I decided, I was like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to quit. I'm supposed to start this thing and use my gifts to change the world. I've been studying this for 20 years. But now I want to just go all in. So I decided to quit my job. And it's kind of a longer story, but I, you know, and it's a crazy story, but I end up, you know, you shouldn't email everybody. Hey, everybody, I'm leaving this job. Here's my personal email. I get an email back from a guy that says, um, what are you doing? We need to go for a run on Friday. That was my last day of, of the job. It was August 5th, I think. And the next day I was going to go away to this NLP month long immersion, right? I think it was 2016. And, um, that Friday, we're running in Beverly Hills, and he's very successful. Let's just say in two years, he built a $2 billion, um, $2 billion worth of assets. Let's just say Wow. That. Good. We're running, and I'm telling him my story, and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, he goes, F. He, like, says, drops the F-bomb. And I was like, why are you upset? Like, I'm – he goes, okay, I know you're doing what you need to be doing, and I'm not going to convince you otherwise, 
but I wanted to offer you a partner position in my company. We're going to be doubling in the next two years. You'll get equity in my company. And I'm like, that's juicy, Henry. Oh, like, hold on a second. Um, you mean my kids and their kids would never have to work? Like, that's like a legitimate offer, right? And even to the point where I think at one point he was like, hey, man, like, you sign the bonus, the signing check, like, whatever you want, it's yours. Like, and somebody that's like leaving a job that's sexy already because at the Ocean View office that says, you know what, I could take this job for like 10 years and make gazillions of dollars and be fine. But I knew in my heart that I was supposed to go on this path. And so I said, thank you so much, but I have to pass. And, you know, I was like, I'll be successful. I don't know. It's not, to me, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Yes. Like it's going to, it's done. Like it's, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen the way I think it is, it's going to be better than what I think it is. So I'll tell you a crazy story and I will come back to this because this is really good. So I went on this spiritual journey and Catherine and I talk about our spiritual journeys all the time. And speaking of chaos, I dove in and I was like, okay praying and I found this journey, this path. And I, all of a sudden I dove into it and everything fell apart. Like it felt like every single thing fell apart. So I'm sitting there and I have like, I I love reading and I love reading scriptures too. And I'm sitting there praying and I'm like, okay, God, like I thought things were going to get easier the second I decide to do the right thing, like to Mm -hmm. follow what I know is right. But everything feels like it got worse. Not just God God laughs in those moments. God is laughing. You have no idea what's coming. So I open up and I promise you it was so weird. It felt like this light was hitting this one verse. And it says, all things work together for good. Like to those who love God and are calling towards his purpose. So, all, and you think it's my answer. Yeah, all things work together for good. If I'm on the path, whatever, I close it. I don't even think anything of it. I get on this train and I'm on this train and this guy's walking right towards me, looking me in the eyes. And I'm like, okay, this is obvious. Like he's coming to talk to me. He's not making it. And he looks at me and I thought, like, is he going to ask you for money? What is he going to say? He looks at me, he's on crutches and he says, hey. And I said, hey. He goes, when God says all things, he means all things. He didn't say some things. He didn't say almost everything. He didn't say a little bit of things. Every single thing will work together for your good. Stay on the path. What? And I'm like, what the beep was that? (laughs) You can't see my mouth, but like my jaw is like on the floor. It was insane. And it was like everything you said, stay on the path. If do what you know is right, walk in love, walk in alignment, stay on the path, all things work together for your good. And I realized that in my life. And I was like, and that was something I was like, okay, that's either a phrase or I believe it. Hmm. You can believe in it or you could believe it. They're not the same thing. Yes. And so I went on that path. And so when I, when I quit that job and the guy offered, I was like, nope, it's going to work out. And it's funny because you know, I started make it happen dot life. And I was like, I'm going to have millions of followers right away. It's going to be, I'm going to add so much value to people. It's going to be crazy. And plus I feel like it's the right thing to do. So of course it's going to work out like for six months, 395 followers, like three likes. I was like, something's not working. Like <laughs> so, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Expectations will fuck you up. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Pivot, grow, learn, pivot, grow, learn okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? I had this vision of being, I had this thought that said music festival 2019. I'm like, first of all, never performed at a festival, never through a festival. Don't know what the heck anything is. 2019 freaking I'm in Croatia with the biggest, one of the biggest music festivals, best major European festival with the founder and his people leading a workshop on how to like helping them facilitate something on how to change their festivals to be 
a conscious revolution and we're doing something really cool together. Like if I would have retreated because things looked hard or because I didn't work out the way I thought it would. And if I wouldn't have stayed aligned and said, you know what? And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it because we all know like we're, but as, the quick, as soon as you find out you're off the path, get on it right away, you know? And like, I wouldn't have been on stage and had the impact. I'm working on a really, really, really cool project right now that I've been thinking about for years. Like we just had our first meeting yesterday, like insane. I'm so excited about it. And I'm like, had I just retreated because of the chaos mm-hmm. or because of the uncertainty, your mind's going to be like, what are you doing? You have to survive. Like this isn't working. But being true to yourself and being true to what you believe, whether you God, universe, whatever it is, is calling you to do. It has been the most uncomfortable. Like I remember, sorry, last, last thing. I remember sitting in New York. We, I just left Yoko Ono's apartment, John Lennon's apartment, right? We had a meeting with her. We're doing this project and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, if people knew how many times I stepped out of my comfort zone, they would think I was a psycho. Yeah. Like total psycho. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's me stepping out of my comfort zone that I had one of the most epic experiences with a freaking legend, you know? And it's something I'm ashamed of. Isn't it funny how like, I was, I was doing a podcast episode with my friend, uh, Paul Fishman, and he was, uh, he was saying something and then I said something and I was like, isn't that crazy? And he was like, isn't it crazy that we have to think that that's crazy? And so that just reminded me, like, isn't it crazy to think that stepping outside of your comfort zone so many times is like psycho when it should be the most normal thing in the world? Like that's what should be normalized. It should be crazy to not. Right. But like, but we are so accustomed to just like shrinking ourselves down and like, what what are they going to think? And what if it doesn't work? And then, you know, multiply that by like 90 years and then you're still on a rocking chair being like, oh my God, what if it doesn't work? And it's like, at what point do you just realize that the psycho thing is not living your dream life, not going after something that's important to you. And dream life guys look so different for all of us. For some of us, it's raising a family. For some of us, it's building a billion dollar company. For some of us, it is revolutionizing the music industry. For some of us, it's helping women manifest their best lives. Like whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you call it. It doesn't matter what label you put on it. It's whatever fulfills you and makes you the the most like um, the most alive is how I describe it. Because again, like happiness is a great goal to have, but it's also just an emotion that you can tap into at any point in time. You don't need to actually achieve something to be happy. You get to be happy right now just because you have your basic needs met. The fact that you can hear us, the fact that you have technology and internet connection and all this stuff. It's really just about that fulfillment and that aliveness that you feel when you are giving it your all and whether or not you actually succeed in whatever it is, the goal, whatever destination is, whether or not you actually achieve it, because you never know, life can throw you a, a, um, life can throw you a tangent as I like to call them, where you just like, you're like, whoa, actually I want to explore this for like a couple of years. And then you find yourself coming back to the original path. Like it doesn't matter what it looks like, but in that pursuit of the destination. That's where all of that aliveness comes from, but you cannot pursue it unless you walk towards it. And I think, I think the big mistake, biggest mistake that people make is that they wait for the universe to do its part before they do their part. And the thing is, is that, as you mentioned, like you were talking about choice, you know, you talked a lot about choice and how we have so many choices and it's the greatest gift that we were ever given. 
I see that as like the same thing as free will and how free will is here to give us these choices and life is always waiting on us to make a decision before it acts in our favor. And a lot of people are like, well, when I get the clients, then I'll put myself out there. No, like, no, 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 The universe is waiting on you to put yourself out there and then I'll give you the clients, right? First, I will manifest the money and then I will donate some money or then I'll invest it into what I care about or then I will buy X, Y, Z. Um, then I'll reinvest into my business or whatever it is. And it's like, no, 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 no. Money is just an energetic byproduct, first and foremost. Like money is never the end goal. Money's such a byproduct. That's why going after something that just makes money never actually works. And it leads you down this path of like ultimate unfulfillment is because money is a byproduct. It is a side effect, 100%. And a lot of people don't know that. And it's like, I trust me, I didn't know that either until I started making, you know, multiple millions of dollars where I'm like, wow, if I were to, to just sell something just to make money, it would never sell. If I were to start a business just because it's a great business for money purposes, it would never work because people, first of all, can sense that. And second of all, it's a byproduct energy and you can't actually directly pursue it. It has to come as a separate thing, aside from your money, aside uh, aside from your business, aside from your job. Money doesn't come from other people. Money doesn't come from you. It comes from source and nothing can ever get in the way of your connection with source. And source will always reward you for you following your path. And I see that when you, you know, we're talking a lot about following your path, whatever that path might be, I see that that is the true alignment with your channel of abundance. And the way I see it is like, as long as I'm following this path, wherever it's taking me, knowing that I'm going to XYZ destination that truly fulfills me, I'm aligning myself with that abundance and abundance is going to flow. But when I pursue something outside of that, that isn't fulfilling me, that's making me feel dread, it's no wonder the money ain't coming, the clients ain't coming, right? So I already tangented off of that. My point was, is that free will, the universe is always waiting on you to make that decision first. And then it'll gather all your spirit guides, all your angels, all your ancestors will come together and be like, here you go. Here's the next step. I love it. You know, one thing I love, I just, I freaking love you. First of all, like I, you, every time you talk, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, sit, like, I'm Dude, same, same I'm, with you. Um, I love, I love this because everybody listening or watching, please take this in. The reason why Catherine says these things and I say these things is because you specifically have a purpose, a mission, talents, experiences, strengths that the world needs. They need you and your most, most authentic highest self. And you need you and your most authentic highest self, your family, if you have kids or whatever that looks like, you will do us all a favor by stepping into that. And we completely believe in you and whatever it is, because it's just the law. It's just how things work. And the very fact that you're listening to this is no coincidence. It's no coincidence at all that you're ready. It's time for you to step into that, to step into and choose and use your free will, as Catherine just said, to say, you know what, what does that look like? And how do I create it right now? And expecting the resistance, expecting the chaos and saying, please, please, quote unquote, shatter it. So you can put it back together in the most perfect way possible and just know that you, your spirit, your core can never really be shattered. It's all the things that don't even serve Mm. you above anyway. So we just send so much belief and love to you listening because it's not a coincidence. And 
just like it's not a coincidence that we're sitting here on this day having this call at this moment, you know, and I'm just so grateful to hear and to see you living out your purpose because we talk about this all the time and there's a constant expansion with you, constant. And I love that. Every time I see you energetically, I'm like, like even today, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I like it, you know? And of course she starts out with like, I'm having this really cool thing of experience in life where I'm growing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, of course. And but the more she's expanded who she is, she's living out her mission. And I see people's lives being completely changed, including mine, you know? And I think there's beauty in that. And just know that like where you are now doesn't mean that's where you're always going to be, but love the freaking heck out of yourself where you are and get really excited about where you're going. And we just, we say it with so much belief and certainty because both of us have worked with so many people and have seen it over and over and over yeah. again. At some point, you cannot deny the pattern. Like at some point, you just, you can't unsee it anymore. And I thank you for everything. All the amazing things that you've said to me, I just want to honor you and just share how grateful I am for our friendship and how you are such, like I could see how someone could easily get triggered by you and be like, oh, well, <laughs> like just because you are so radiant that you shine a light on people's shadows and you force people to grow and you force people to expand because you are so expansive that in your presence, in your energy, you cannot help but look at all the places in your life where you need to grow and then see what is possible for you. Because that's what, that's what when I see you, it's like you're constantly showing people what's possible for them. And I think that's like the greatest gift that that's a good, the greatest ripple effect that we could ever give to other people is not like... I'm the guru. Listen to me. I'm on stage. I'm on a pedestal. No, 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 no. It's, it's, you are reflecting that light back on them and being like, no, 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 no. Look at you, right? Look at, look at how amazing you are. And I feel like we do that for each other, which is why these conversations, we could talk for like 16 hours. And and in the beginning of this um, conversation, before we recorded, I was like, Henry, I, you know, with all the things changing in the world and all the things that I'm learning about kind of like behind the scenes of like certain industries and just being like, you've always told me that your mission is to like completely revolutionize and bring consciousness into the music industry. And your music is awesome, by the way. Um, you guys need to check it out. It, you're on Spotify, right? Cause I, I believe I listened to you on Spotify. Huh? It's on coming out May 1st. I'm so excited about Amazing guys. I will, I, Henry Amar, A-M-M-A-R is how you can find him. And did I spell that right? Yeah, you did. Okay, thank God. I was like, wait a second. I got I to gotta think about that for just a moment. But um, your mission is just so incredible. And I just honor you for it. And I'm so grateful for a friendship. And I just wanted to, for those of you who want to learn more about Henry, where can they stalk you and find you and learn more about your mission and get some more good stuff from you? I know you have, well, I'm going to be on your podcast and this is going to be on my podcast. But like for those listening to my podcast, what is your podcast? My podcast is called Making It Happen with Henry Amar. Amazing. I want to hear all of your stuff. So you can just follow me at Henry Amar, A-M-M-A-R on Instagram or, you know, any of those things. So, but yeah, I'm so grateful. Can you tell everybody that's listening from my end where they could be blessed to find you? Hold on. I'm going to call you out for a second. You just glazed over that so quickly. You need a loud and proud share where people can find you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. That's what friends do. Yeah, I love it. So it's at Henry Amar, H-E-N-R-Y-A-M-M-A-R on Instagram or Henry Amar, Henry.Amar on Facebook. 
Um, those are my two primary things where my podcast is making it happen. Or you could find me on Spotify or Apple Music or your local music place. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to link that all in my show notes. Yeah. And then where you can find me is I am at Manifestation Babe on the Instagrams. I am um, manifestationbabe.com. That's really like my hub. Like you can find my Instagram, everything from there. Um, but I love to hang out on Instagram and I also love hanging out on my podcast. My podcast is called the Manifestation Bay Podcast. I keep it very, very simple, as does Henry. Um, and yeah, come find us, come chat with us. And if you guys resonated with this podcast episode, and if there's anything that stuck out to you, any takeaways, breakthroughs that you had, I'm sure there's plenty because I was getting breakthroughs through talking with you. Take a screenshot and tag both of us. Please let us know so that we can create more magic together. I love that. Thank you so much for this awesome morning. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.